What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? It is Monday morning, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I have a few announcements before we actually get started on today's episode. First, I do want to announce that you know we do have an Instagram if you guys want to follow us. It's econics, E-C-O-N-I-X, with an underscore at the end. And if you want to interact with us on a daily basis, we do have a Slack group. The link is in our show notes, and you can actually interact with us on a day-to-day basis on there if you have any investing questions or just anything in general that you guys want to discuss. And with that being said, let's get started on today's episode. And today we'll be talking about how to develop an idea for a business. This is also translating to an app as well, or just a general idea that doesn't have to always be a brick and mortar. So let's dive right into it. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of people have ideas for businesses, but they don't know where to start. They don't know where to begin, or they don't really know how to execute their idea. And, you know, I think it's very important that we cover um, this topic in detail So that way, you know, if you do have an idea for a business, you kind of have a good idea on what steps to take so that you can execute that idea. Um, Everybody has ideas, but everybody doesn't execute the idea the same. So in order for you to make sure and maintain a successful, you know, business, your execution has to be flawless. And when I say flawless, not meaning that you don't make mistakes, but you do make your mistakes and you learn from them quickly. So the first thing you want to do when you are trying to develop, you know, or start a business, you want to work on things that you're actually passionate about and you have to be prepared to invest a lot of time. So what do you want to, what you want to focus on is that everybody has an area of expertise, you know, start with something that you, you really love, start with something that, you know, is something that you really, really enjoy, whether you're, you know, you could be starting a dance studio and you are, you know, a dancer, or you could be developing an app to, you know, help with productivity or try to solve, you know, I mean, there's apps out there for nursing homes. Um, But whatever you're passionate about, you know, try to focus on that area. And then next, you do need to be prepared to invest a lot of time into this subject matter. So just because you're passionate about it doesn't, that's not enough. You know, I'm passionate about a lot of things, but that doesn't mean I would start a business behind it because I'm not willing to put in the time to make that an expertise of mine. So when you are, you know, developing that idea, you need to understand that it's going to take a lot of work. And you also want to make sure that you that you overestimate the amount of work and time that it's going to take to develop that idea and to execute that idea. Because, you know, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is underestimating what it's going to take and then you're scrambling and fumbling and then you end up discouraging yourself because you feel like, you know, you should be further along when, you know, the reality is you just underestimated the amount of work that it would take. Again, I also said you do want to work on stuff that you that you're already an expert on and that really does help a lot because it, it shortens the learning curve and it does give you you know, a leg up to study something that you already have some type of expertise in. 
and it shortens it shortens you know a lot of the mistakes that can be that can be made because you're already an expert in that field. If you are not an expert in that field, that's okay too. Just understand that you will have to invest even more time to develop that idea because there are a lot of surface level gurus out here that don't have the answers to you know the actual details of a problem. So if you're not an expert, you want to make sure you get there and get there quickly. And successful ventures, they're, they're built on pro- a profound understanding of the space. So whenever you see somebody that starts something, they are they already have an expertise. They have you know a deep understanding of the entire space that they're going into. You know you don't want to have that surface level level understanding because a surface level a level understanding does not equal um, a successful venture. Um, when you do have you know that that knowledge base, people can trust you because you're able to show and answer different questions about the space that you're entering. Number two. You want to start by searching for a problem that is insufficiently solved rather than a solution. So, you know, we all want to be solution, you know, based, but a lot of times solutions aren't, aren't really, they're a lot harder to solve and it's a lot easier to focus on something that is insufficiently solved. What that pretty much means is I'll give you an example of a car. So, for example, let's say there's a there, you know, 1938 car engines only lasted five years. Um, but nowadays, you know, engines can last 10 years. Did they solve the problem of an engine never, a, never being able to last, you know, for, you know, somebody's lifetime that way they can keep a car for an entire lifespan? Maybe not. But what they did was they did solve the problem of an engine being able to last longer. That way you can keep your car longer. Um, there's another solution or another example of, you know, building a house, you know, there, you can build a house on different foundations and depending on how you build a house, you can build a house for, to withstand hurricane damage. You can build a house to have bulletproof windows. You know, these aren't, they don't make a house indestructible, but they do perfect an insufficiently solved problem. How do you keep a house standing during a hurricane? That's it. That's an insufficiently solved problem. It's not a one size fits all, but it does work for schools. It does work for some stadiums and some government buildings. Um, so what you want to do when you're starting to do, you know, starting to research and understand that problem, you want to make sure, again, you understand the problem and you want to take into account, you know, the consumer and how that solution will be accepted by them. You know, will it really translate? Will the consumer understand the solution will they take you know take to it well will they really adopt it you know these are questions that you you know you really want to ask and as we go further along into into our my steps here um i'll be giving you questions that you want to ask so that way you'll understand the type of thinking that you need to go into you know when you're trying to develop this idea number 3 you want to focus on one specific problem and don't try to do too much at a time so this is this one is very important because a lot of times you want to do so much in such a little time but what you want to what you want to understand is that when you when you focus down and you get a niche that it's easier to focus on that one niche and then you're able to branch out from there you know allow yourself some time to really get focused because again once you're too general then you can overwhelm yourself with questions and you'll run into more problems than you need. 
you'll run into adjacent problems that run into you know the 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 general concept of what you're trying to solve so you want to be as focused as possible because that way you can answer a lot of these questions once you're once you're you know laser focused on you know the problem that you're trying to solve then you're able to target a specific audience you're able to target a specific demographic and again when you're not trying to do too much at a time it makes it easier on yourself because once you start to try to do a million a million things at one time then you begin to, you know, overextend yourself. Then you begin to wear out. And then you also, you just, you're not, you're, you're deviating from the core problem and you're not staying, you know, focused on exactly what you need to solve. So again, keep your problem as focused as possible. Keep it in a niche. And that way you're able to Build that, build that, build that, and then branch out and start to add on from there. But start on that one area of focus. Number four, you want to look for competitors in the space. So you want to look for competitors in the space for a couple of reasons. You know, you need to figure out what you're going to do that's different. What separates you? What makes you unique? What what makes your, why would I buy your brand or why would I purchase your brand or use your app instead of somebody else's? You know, why, what's, we have to be, you have to think about that because if you're entering a space, that means there's probably going to be other people in that space. Does it, are you separated by, you know, geographic location? You know, are you separated by, you know, demographic or price range? What makes you different? And then you also want to identify what does a successful business look like in this space? Guys, when I tell you this, you know, this is very important. There are a lot of different types of businesses out there. There's more than one pizza parlor. There's more than one fast food restaurant. And what you realize with all of these, you know, these businesses that are alike is typically they use the same business model. It's okay to use another person's business model. What is not okay is if you copy their business model and you take their ideas and then you just become a copycat because then you're just stealing. There's a difference between stealing and referencing. Um, there are no, I believe that there are no new ideas on this earth. There are, you know, there are different innovations, but there are no new new thoughts. So with that, then, you know, there's only so many ways you can teach finance. There's only so many unique ways you can teach investing. So what separates you may be your personality. What separates you may be your relationships that you built or you know, you making a better, um, better logo, better layout, you know, your presentation, your aesthetics may be a lot easier to understand. Your presentation may, may be, um, targeted towards a different audience. All of these things separate you when you're looking at different competitors in your space. And it's okay to look at a successful business, look at what they've done right, because if it's working for them and it's probably going to work for you. So you want to find Find a successful business in your space, model your model yourself and your business after that, but make it your own, make it unique to you and your base. And then this will help you actually formulate your idea and this will help you kind of think out things because, you know, one, one thing you'll notice is that you'll see a shoe company and you'll notice like, okay, this shoe company does this, this very well. And then you'll say, well, that's something that I want to do as well. I want to do this too. Well, you, you can use that idea. But then you have to make sure that your product itself is unique to you. Number five, 
Is your idea scalable? This is very, very important. Um, this is important when you're looking at investing in anything. Is the idea, is this product, is this company scalable? Scalability is simply how big can it grow? Is the market share there? So you want to think long term when choosing an, a choosing a business or idea to develop. You know, will it last over time? Will this technology be around for years to come? Um, how long will it be able to last? It is, is it going to last 20 to 30 years? You know, when I think about scalability, you think about companies like Blockbuster, you think about companies like BlackBerry. So um, when you when you think about Blockbuster, Blockbuster, again, was um, they sold movies, they did VHS tapes. And then you had companies like Redbox who pretty much made, you know, VHS tapes obsolete. And then you had a company right behind them called Netflix that made Redbox obsolete. So when you think about scalability, you want to think about your market share because Blockbuster was around for a very long time. Then you also want to think about, you know, like BlackBerry. BlackBerry, one of its biggest issues was that it it, it couldn't adapt. It, it failed to adapt to the market. The market was calling for, you know, um, apps that were more fun. They wanted to have more, you know, interface, uh, different type of different types of interface that was more interactive and more fun and, and geared towards different audiences that weren't strictly business. That's when Apple came along and they started to come out with their, you know, products and they started to come out with apps for kids. They started to come out with, you know, different unique tools that made them separate. Although they came out with the same product that was the same as far as they came up with a cell phone. So they had a cell phone, but they made that cell phone unique in its own world. That way they were able to separate themselves. And then once they came up with the touchscreen, that was it for BlackBerry because it took them so long to adapt. You also want to ask yourself, how big is the market? Um, how big is the market that you're going to enter? Is it crowded? Um, is the market, you know, if you're going into the beauty market, there there's a lot of people in the beauty market. So what's going to separate you? You know, nothing's impossible, guys. You know, when you if you want to enter a crowded space, under, you have to understand your market share. You have to understand that, that you're going to be competing with a lot of people. And it, is your product good enough? You know, is your product going to last? Is your product going to be going to be accepted by the masses? And once you understand, you know, is it is it a, is it a space that's, you know, a lot of people are, are already in or is it a space that is fairly vacant? And if it's vacant, you want to be get in early. You want to get in as soon as possible. Um, but if it's vacant, that also means is the market ready to adopt it? Is the market ready to, you know, accept those ideas and accept those businesses that go along with that market? So again, a lot of these questions, you make sure you ask yourself because they will help you dial in. They'll help you, you know, understand, you know, what's going on. If you're trying to start a brick and mortar business and you want to ask yourself, you know, is is there a lot of people in this space, in this location? You know, am I the only person on this side of town that has a business like this? So these are questions that you want to ask. Um, number number six, you want to make sure that you do market research early, early on and you want to do it thoroughly and you want to do it right. So make sure you do your market research early. You always want to be constantly, constantly doing market research. So here are a couple questions that you want to ask yourself when you're doing your market research. You know, a couple of things you want to focus on is who is your audience? You know, who are you going to target? 
Then you want to ask yourself, where is your audience? Where are they located? Are they on Instagram? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Facebook primarily? Are they, you know, and when you talk about the back to the who, you know, what demographic are you focused on? Are you focused on single mothers? Are you focused on families, families who have kids? Are you focused on, you know, stay at home moms? Are you focused on the business executive or the young entrepreneur or somebody who was in corporate America? Who is your audience and where do you find them? How old is your audience? Are they, you know, baby boomer generation? Are they millennials? Are they, you know, I don't know what the next generation is called, but are they kids? Are they, you know, 15 to 16 or 15 to 18 years old? And then you you have to determine what's the specific demographic that you want to target. Again, who is dominating the space and what sets them apart? Is there a way to start small so it gives you time to grow? And what will it cost? That's a good question to ask yourself. You know, can I start small? Can I start in a co-working space? Can I start at a small boutique? And will it allow me to grow my business that way I can scale it and then move up? Um, you know, if you can't start small, then you have to figure out another option. So how am I going to fund this? How am I going to finance this? Um, how long would it How long will it take for you to get your investment back? These are questions that you want to ask when you're doing your market research. How long are you willing to wait for you to get your investment back before you're able to show a profitable year? So make sure you ask those questions when you're doing your market research and dial in as much as you can. So now when I mention number one about you know, focusing on a specific problem. When I get down to number seven, when you answer your number one, your number seven is going to be a lot easier to solve and and answer. If you have a niche market that makes your questions as far as your audience, where they are, who they are, you know, how much money they make that you want to target. Um, All of these questions are, are viable when you have a specific, specific problem that you are trying to solve. Um, when you're doing market research and you're running ads, I just want to throw this in there as a sidebar. You know, Facebook is a great way to market. Instagram is a is a great way to market because they actually give you the opportunity to actually target your audience based on so many different criteria, um, based on whether you went to an HBCU, you know, based on whether you are a John Legend fan or you know you are a um, Taylor Swift fan. Um, so they allow you to really dial in on you know the specifics of marketing. And then you want to go to number eight. Number eight is, you know, you want to talk to to users and customers early on and you want to get their feedback. You want to know what they're thinking. You want to talk to them, you know, know what their know what their thoughts are. So a couple of ways to, to actually engage your customer base before you actually launch. You can conduct surveys. You know, one of the coolest things that, you know, you can do is send out a survey from SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey allows you to send surveys that, you know, they allow you to send surveys to a specific audience. So do that, you know, create a survey with a couple of questions to get feedback, send it to your family and friends, send it to, you know, people that you trust, but ask them for honest feedback. Next, you can conduct a focus group. A focus group is really cool and unique in itself because it will allow you to find out you know, what a customer's first reaction is. You'll, you're will you able to get, you know, real-time feedback when you conduct a focus group. You know, it will also allow you to tweak things. You know, allow you to, it would allow you to tweak your marketing strategy and, you know, you can make your minor changes to improve your product before you launch it. So focus groups are really good. And then number nine, 
You want to prepare to get painful feedback and you have to accept some failures. So this is actually very important. You need to expect that everyone won't like your product. That's okay. Everyone also has an opinion and it doesn't mean that they are right. Just because they have an opinion about your product doesn't mean that that they're right about it. Um, But, you know, with that being said, you have to be open to that. You have to be open to suggestions that are contrary to yours, which is why you want to do the surveys, which is why you want to, you know, make sure that you understand your audience before you launch, because you have to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to convey and then convert into sales. At the end of the day, if you're starting a business, you're going to be entering sales. This is a, a growing process and growing hurts. Understand, guys, when you are stretched, when you are stretched in a business, when you are growing, growing hurts. You know, everybody has growing pains. So you have to give yourself some time to figure it out. You, When you're putting in the work and you're putting in that time to develop your ideas and to develop your prototypes and, you know, whatever it is, you have to give yourself time to learn. You have to give yourself time to understand, which is why it's important to find other business models that have done it correctly. That way you can kind of look at what they're doing and then see like, okay, that worked for them. Maybe I should implement this in my business. Maybe I should implement that in my business. Talk to other business owners. You know, if you're if you're in a business where you know, your market isn't necessarily geographically based, then you can reach out to other business owners where, you know, you can ask them, what did you do? You know, what are your, what are your tips and what are your best practices? So be open for that feedback, be open for failure and be, and, and expect to get your feelings hurt. You know, you, you can't go into this with a mindset of I'm protective of my ideas. I'm protective over my idea and, and nothing I do is wrong. Because if you go with that idea, then you you will go into it and you will fail. And then, you know, last but not least, guys, you know, when you're developing an idea, when you're developing any type of app, whatever you're developing, just be patient with yourself. Give it time. And if you have any questions as far as like financing, funding, anything of that nature, we're going to do another podcast that covers that as well. So that wraps up today's episode of Econics Talks. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, follow us on Instagram, Econics with an underscore at the end. And if you want to get involved and contact us and interact with us daily, join our Slack group. We do talk about investing. We do talk about, you know, topics like, you know, flipping shoes and whatever you want to do. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. And we'll, you know, we'll get into the the weeds of it. And thank you guys. That wraps up today's episode. Have a good one. Peace.